Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my health and wellness goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love Daily Harvest. They take the planning, prep, and cleanup out of cooking by delivering my favorite veggie and fruit-packed options straight to my door. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep. When I need a quick window opener, I might reach for the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. And when I'm looking for a delicious way to close my window, there's nothing better than the apple and spiced oat bites. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash ifstories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. everybody, and welcome to episode 347 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm really excited to be here with Sarah Wilbo. Sarah lives in Canberra, Australia, where she is a public servant, meaning she works for the government, but she is also author of a book I've mentioned before on the podcast called The Skinny Spell, and we're going to talk about that as well. So welcome, Sarah. Hi, Jean. I'm very excited to be here. Well, it's really late there. So everybody, if Sarah sounds tired, it's almost midnight because the time <laughs> difference is, is huge between she's she's about to enter a new day. It's going to be Saturday for you. It's still Friday for me. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be Friday. I have to go to work tomorrow. 
Oh, wait. Oh, you're right. It's Thursday. Yeah. See, I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is here. It's Thursday here. So tomorrow will be Friday for both of us. Yours will just come sooner than mine. All right. So you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, like everyone, it's a long story, but my clearest memory is at a family barbecue in about 2017. And my brother, who's more across popular culture than me, mentioned something he'd read about Silicon Valley and this newfangled thing that some people, tech bros, were doing only eating one meal a day and how it was called intermittent fasting. And and I remember thinking, that's insane. How could people do that? That's ridiculous. It's so extreme, but I'm interested. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think that planted a seed. And I think I might have heard of Michael Mosley by that stage. And I remember my dentist mentioning that he did the 5-2 thing. So eventually I tried it and I've, I must have done it all wrong because, you know, I'd start my day. I refused to give up my coffee in the morning with milk in it because that was my absolute non-negotiable need it to start the day. So I'd have my coffee and then fast in inverted commas until about 11am and then I'd just count calories for the rest of the day. So unsurprisingly, that wasn't great. Like it didn't last very long. It wasn't really a very successful strategy. So I just chalked it up to another failed diet exercise. But then the pandemic, you know, like a lot of people, I ate my feelings. I ate my fear. (laughs) (laughs) And one day I was walking my dog and listening to podcasts and I happened accidentally upon a podcast of a woman talking about fasting and it reminded me. I was like, oh, that's right. Do you remember what podcast it was? No, but it was Cynthia Thurlow was being interviewed about her TED Talk. So I went home and I watched her TED Talk on YouTube and just dove into a YouTube tunnel and very quickly found videos by Jason Fung and learned about insulin. And that to me was just the key to unlock everything. And very soon after that, I found your, this amazing podcast of yours, which became my absolute favorite when walking my dog. Like it was just so inspiring. And well, I, I love it because it feels like, you know, we're out there with you walking, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's so surreal to hear your voice and to be talking to you because you've been in my head for like nearly two years That's now. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm glad that you found the Fung videos on YouTube because YouTube can be kind of a scary place of weird information. Let me just put it that way. A lot of crazy (laughs) information out there. So you've got to be discerning what you take on board. But I was fortunate. So I've read the obesity code and just that blew me away. It made me so angry. Like, oh my God, all these years of it's like having the wrong map to a destination. So of course you never get there because you're not going on the right path. That's such a great analogy, Sarah, because you're right. We tried so hard and how many of us felt like failures? Yeah. Yep. You know, there's a lot of people who come to intermittent fasting with all that baggage and they, in the back of their mind, like they may think, well, I I think it could work. But in the back of their mind, they're like, this can fail just like everything else Yeah. because everything else has not worked. But with intermittent fasting, it really is different. And now you know physiologically why. That was the key. And so I started hearing these amazing, inspiring stories from your guests and very quickly read Fast Beast Repeat. And I'd already decided to ditch the milk out of the coffee anyway. So I was clean fasting almost from the get-go. And just something clicked. And I was one of those lucky people that lost weight straight away and just had a really steady, tremendous transformation really quickly. 
I love that. Now, how much did you weigh when you began this time at post-pandemic? Not the kind of time before when you were doing the coffee with milk and trying 5-2 or whatever this time. What did you weigh before, when you got started? So I was about 106 kilograms, which I okay. calculated is about 230 pounds approximately. Okay. Thank you for calculating that. That's okay. <laughs> and I'm only 5-2 or 5-3. Okay. So that was a lot. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. I was getting to the point where it wasn't about looking good. It was about feeling good. I'm approaching a milestone birthday in a couple of months and just things were just aching and fatigue and just did not feel great. So it was really important for my health genuinely. I know people say, you know, I'm doing it for my health, but of course there was vanity involved as well. But Well, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good, Absolutely. but also you don't feel good when you were 106 kilograms, you did not feel good no. in your body. I did not or feel good. No, well, both. It, it didn't feel good emotionally either, but I couldn't lean over and paint my toenails. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I had to move my belly out of the way to, you know, do a bikini shave or something. <laughs> Too much information. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Jim. Well, you know what I mean? But you couldn't, like, see things. Let me just put it that way. Because my... <laughs> It felt like a, like my pregnant belly, honestly. And I'm like, where did this belly come from? So mm. that just doesn't feel good. Now I can just do whatever I want. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's early for me. It's late for you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking there? Is that Well, I do have coffee. I've got my cup of ambition, you know, Dolly Parton. Oh, beautiful. You, you know that saying, pour I yourself a cup of ambition. So that's, that's my Dolly Parton cup. So, <laughs> well, I think that it makes sense to have all the reasons of our why. You know, if your only motivation is I want to lose weight as fast as I can, that's probably not a good reason to start intermittent fasting because it's not going to be for everybody the fastest weight loss you've ever seen. But weight loss, certainly a powerful motivation, but also feeling better in your body. Mm-hmm. And being conscious of entering a new phase of life and getting older and knowing it's only going to get harder. So now is the time. Like, And once I knew about insulin, there was no reason to wait. It was like, well, here it is. Like, let's go. Let's do it. Yep. That's the, one of the most powerful reasons, you know, reading Why We Get Sick by Dr. Benjamin Bickman. I understood the relationship after reading The Obesity Code. I understand understood the relationship between high levels of insulin and the fact that it locked up your fat cells or your, you couldn't get to your fat stores. I understood it was antilipolytic. I understood it was a storage hormone. But I didn't understand how many other health conditions, high levels of insulin were associated with till I read why we get sick. And that just was powerful. And I'm like, I really don't understand why we wouldn't fast and fast clean knowing what we know about that. The information is out there. It is out there. Yep. So you started losing weight quickly. Yes. So I think I started with 16-8 and then after about a week or two, thought, hmm, I can do longer than this. So I jumped to OMAD, one meal a day. And I did that for maybe a month. And this whole time I was losing maybe a kilo a week, maybe two. Wow, that's really fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then eventually hit a bit of a plateau and I'd heard about alternate daily fasting. I was like, sounds a bit hard, but I'll, I'll try. So I jumped in and did that and yeah, I loved it. I'm one of those lucky, I don't know if I'm lucky, but on the fasting days I feel amazing. Like it's not a struggle at all. Just the buzz, the nutritional ketosis just feels really pleasant to me. Yes, me too. I love the way it feels as well. Yeah, yeah. So I did that for a few months and then sort of reached a point where I was kind of content. I was like, oh, okay, 
and then sort of took the foot off the pedal, the pedal off the whatever that expression is. <laughs> foot off the gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eased up a bit and, and so the, for the last year or so, I guess, I've, I've had a pretty sort of varied pattern. So some days I'm OMAD, sometimes I do like full like multi-day fasts, like 36, 42, 48 hours. And then other days I do 16 hours. It really now depends on how I'm feeling on the day. Some days I get in cycles of eating lots of unhealthy food, but I know I'm, I'm going to come back, back around to fasting when I feel ready. And so I never sort of panic about, oh no, I'm losing control. I just try and You've leave. got those tools. Exactly. Yeah, you've got the tools in your toolbox. It's, it's never any reason to panic. You just find a pattern that feels right for that day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me how you define one meal a day. What When you said like you did one meal a day for a while and some days you still do, what does one meal a day look like to you? Because I know what it looks like to me. but <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it probably means not eating until at least 5 p.m., sometimes not eating until I actually sit down at the table and have a meal with my family. And then I usually close with some natural yogurt and berries. Um, and that's kind of my sign to myself that I'm done for the day. So... I don't really do like four hours or anything like that. It's probably a more confined meal, Okay, maybe mm-hmm. over one hour. Yeah. Yep. There's no right way or wrong way to define it other than if you know for a fact you had two full meals, you did not do one meal a day. That's right. But if it's anything from a multi-course meal to a, a short sitting down at the table for an hour mm. kind of a thing, that's all within the parameters of one meal a day. Mm. So and I think it doesn't I'm matter getting- if we define it. I think I'm getting enough nutrition because, as I said, my days are quite different from day to day. So there's often, you know, I'm getting enough protein through the week to not worry about only eating over an hour in a single day. Yeah, I think that's key. You know, someone might love the rhythm of just eating over an hour every single day, day in, day out. But I do advise against that just because you could adapt. Your body's going to adapt if it's the same every day. It's hard to keep your body guessing, you know, if you're doing the exact same thing every day. But I actually like the way you switch it up. Yeah, I do So too. how much weight did you lose overall? Uh, so it was about 66 pounds, I think you would say. 66 30, pounds? 35 kilos approximately. Uh-huh. Enough to make a big difference to my wardrobe. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. And are you where you want to be now? I think, yeah, I'd like to lose a bit more, but I also want to break away from this diet mentality of always thinking about what I eat and maintaining. I just want to get into a nice rhythm of, like I'd never want to stop fasting. I love it so much. I find the fasting bit actually quite easy. It's the eating part that I find a bit challenging because I'm still in the grip of certain foods that I, I try to resist. Got a bit of oh, a, I get it. a voracious sweet tooth. So I'm still, I found like the first year, because I've been doing this for about two years now, and I think the first year was about the fasting And this second year has been about the feeding and the feasting and thinking about what I'm eating and what nutritional value it has and how it makes me feel and how it helps the fast. And I've been reading a lot about different strategies and, yeah, just trying different things and just having an open mind. So, yeah, testing out things. For example, I had a a very short period where I tried carnivore, like I was intrigued by carnivores. Some of the things I've seen online are quite amazing in that space. But I did find I gained a bit of weight because I was <laughs> I can put away a lot of a lot of fatty food. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't feel good with that much meat. It makes me feel so slow. Look, I a hundred percent believe the people who say that it makes yeah. them feel so much better. 
hundred percent. And they need to a hundred percent believe me when I say that it doesn't. I do like vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> Meat makes me so sluggish and fat makes me feel sluggish and inflamed. So that's just the way it is. That's my body telling me no. <laughs> I still eat quite a bit of it, but as I said, I've mixed it up a bit. But yeah, just having an open mind and trying different things. And I guess the main thing I've learned is the dangers of ultra processed food and I've been really That's the key. yeah I think at the end of the day it doesn't really matter what you eat as long as it's whole food and you focus on food as close to its natural state as possible so that's what I've been sort of I think that's my main takeaway from everything I've read in the last year did you know there's a connection between nutrition and optimal hormone function magnesium is involved in more than 300 biochemical reactions in your body a magnesium deficiency can disrupt your thyroid hormones pancreatic hormones and sex hormones leading to suboptimal health bioptimizers magnesium breakthrough is the only supplement on the market that offers all seven key forms of magnesium specially formulated to reach every tissue in your body. I'd recommend giving Magnesium Breakthrough a try. They are so confident that they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. For an exclusive offer, go to buyoptimizers.com slash ifstories and use the promo code ifstories10 during checkout to save 10%. And if you subscribe, not only will you get an amazing discount and free gifts, you will make sure that your monthly supply is guaranteed. That's buyoptimizers.com slash ifstories, and don't forget to use the promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. That really, really is key. When you start looking at all the traditional diets that people ate and stayed healthy and didn't have all these modern lifestyle diseases, people ate very, very differently. The people up in the Arctic Circle ate very, very differently from the people down by the equator. Yep. They had completely different ways of eating. And, you know, they learned how to nourish their body with what was around them and, it worked. They also adapted to what was around them physically over generations. And I think that's another issue that we're facing now because we've all moved around so much. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know where your ancestors are from? Mainly Europe, the yeah. UK, around there. UK. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've got this app that I, I got recently. I got maybe in well, February feels recently, but it really was a long time ago now. But Family Tree, it lets you go back and see how you're related to people. Mm. I was just at my dad's last weekend and my stepmother, I, I put in, I'm related to both her mom and her dad. Wow. <laughs> 
and she is related to my dad, who she's married to. But mm. but they're like eleventh cousins from Distant. their common relative is from the fifteen hundreds. So I think we're safe because <laughs> we're really all cre- related. Chad is my cousin through my husband Chad through his grandmother. So I think if we go further enough back, we'll all be related. I think so too. It's just a matter <laughs> of finding them in the app, whether the records are there. But my point being that where our ancestors are from, what they adapted to eating, you know, we still have genetics that have been passed down. And so the modern era of moving all around the globe is is pretty new. Mm. So Yeah. It's all it it's, makes sense that we would all be adapted for different things. Like that's where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you love that's like real whole food, unprocessed food? What makes you really happy to eat? Ooh. Anything with cream in it. <laughs> yeah, cream is, is <laughs> heaven. <laughs> Delicious. And the great thing is I feel no guilt at all now. I just, if it's unprocessed and I've cooked it at home, I don't care what's in it. I just enjoy it. So we, we cook at home most nights. I have two children and a husband here with me. They're in primary school, so we don't really eat takeaways very much, takeout or fast food so mostly home cooked meals so you know it usually revolves around a protein beef chicken pork lamb in Australia here we have amazing lamb so we have that quite a lot with a vegetable and a healthy fat and some flavor so we have a lot of curries tonight we had Italian we had a sort of Tuscan chicken with sun-dried tomatoes and cream it was delicious that sounds really good yeah so it varies day to day but generally just the home cooked hearty meals yeah, and I, I love that you are raising them this way with the real foods, and they're yeah. gonna they're gonna grow up, and they're gonna hopefully they'll know how to cook, and they'll, yeah. <laughs> they'll appreciate it too. You know, it's really it makes me really excited to see my grown up kids. You know, Will, my twenty three year old, he's about to be twenty four, and we were just talking yesterday. I send him one of the mailbox deliveries once a week. You know, I just send it to him, and it shows up at his door. And he cooks, and he leans vegetarian. Mm. He usually, he said he usually throws away half the meat. The ones that come with meat, he throws away half the meat. That's too much meat for him, which is so interesting. Yeah. You know, I haven't told him to be vegetarian. Both my boys naturally gravitated that way. Of course, it didn't hurt that Cal married a vegetarian. <laughs> but, you know, he's learning how to cook for himself. He's doing home cooking at home. It's such a good life and, skill. It's just really important. Yeah. But when they were growing up, man, it was takeout all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was a whole different mom. Yeah. Well, I was brought up with a mom who cooked. So I think I was, you know, lucky in that way. And so it's sort of always been the way we, we do it. Yeah. I wish that I had. But my mom was, like I said, she would hand me a can of SpaghettiOs and <laughs> turn on the oven and put in a Morton TV's dinner. I'm sure you've never seen those. That Sounds was a, delicious for a kid. <laughs> it, like, trained me to have, like, a very... I don't know, uncultured palate, maybe. You know, I just wanted that processed flavor. Mm. And it's just so funny how it's changed over time. Like, I wouldn't eat that now. If you gave me SpaghettiOs, I'd be... Also, I can't imagine it, like, being any bit of satisfying. No, no. Well, I guess... Definitely not. We would just keep snacking all day. So that's how we got satisfied. We just keep eating, just constant grazing. Constantly eating. Yeah. So what what was your your diet history? I know we started at 2017 hearing about the tech bros and fasting, but prior to that, what was your diet history like? So I was a healthy child, active, did gymnastics. And then almost as soon as puberty hit, I just got a bit chubby. As a young teen, that's just... 
it's such a blow to the ego and I couldn't understand why all my friends were so slender and skinny and didn't seem to eat more than I did but I just for some reason I just got the body type short and round all the women in my family are short and round yeah so I actually didn't diet that much I kind of just chalked it up to oh well this is my fate these are my genes this is what I have to live with in I think it was in my early 30s I decided no I need to get fit so I devised a meal I was living alone I didn't have kids I didn't have a husband it was very easy to control my food environment so I was probably eating about a thousand calories a day going to the gym doing an hour of cardio every day and I did that for about eight months or so and I lost a significant amount of weight which was amazing I felt great but of course, as soon as I met my husband and we started nesting and sharing. And you can't maintain a thousand calories a day and an hour of working out. Oh my gosh, that made me tired just hearing and about it. And I remember it. thinking to myself when I was there at that point, working out every day, thinking, how am I going to do this if I ever have kids? I won't be able to sustain this. So I knew, like I knew, but I was doing what I was told. I was eating less and moving more. And that, Correct. you know, I got a result. But I kind of knew even then this isn't going to last because the effort and the investment of time that I'm having to put in, plus I'm having to eat less and less and less to stay in the same place, it just wasn't healthy. So I had that experience of losing quite a bit of weight, about the same as I've lost now. And then soon after that, I got pregnant for the first time. And then from there, it was just... Yeah, I didn't even forget bother. about it. Didn't even bother trying to diet really. So I don't really have a history of a lot of yo-yo dieting. I've just been consistently chubby. <laughs> Except for that time when you worked really, really, yeah. really hard. That's the best part about fasting is you don't have to like it's so easy. <laughs> work so hard. You just you're either fasting or you're feasting, window open, window closed. So. And it feels good. That's it does feel good. That was the amazing thing for me. It was like, how can this thing be easy and feel good and have such great results. Now, in the second year where it's been more of a mindset thing and I haven't been as consistent with my ADF, for example, and I've been dealing with, oh, maybe I have an addiction to sugar because I keep going back to these foods. It's been simple, but it hasn't been easy. But, yeah, in those early days, I felt like I'd uncovered a magic spell. It was like, oh, my God, why didn't anyone tell me about this? So your mom didn't diet when you were growing up then, I'm, I'm guessing, or did she? She did a bit. She okay. Did a bit. I just wondered, because usually those of us who are like hit the dieting early had that modeled to us. Yeah. Well, not really. I mean, she was always pretty strict about the food we had in our house and we weren't allowed to have junk food. And she'd talk about food being, you know, naughty. Well, I'll have a naughty, I'll be a bit naughty and have a biscuit. So I had that sort of association of food having a Good value. and bad. Yeah, yeah, which I I try to, I'm still sort of challenging myself to see food as neutral, although I think some foods are more helpful than other foods. I think if we couch it with our kids as real food versus literally fake food, I really think that when we start showing them the ingredients of things, like Cheetos, like Cheetos are not food, they're not food, they're mouth entertainment. Yes. They they are. Yes. And and my daughter now picks up cans and looks at the label and I, I sometimes worry, oh no, have I been a bad influence? And I think, well actually it's it's good that she's thinking about what, what's in there that she's gonna That's eat. the key. It's not that it's good food or bad food, it's either food or it's not food. Mm. You know, I talked about that in cleanish. It's literally not food our body doesn't recognize as food. And that is why we become I love the phrase 
overfed and undernourished because I really think a lot of people who struggle with obesity are so nutrient deficient. They're not eating real food. And look, I'm not I'm not casting any blame because that was me. That was me. When I was 210 pounds, I guarantee I was so deficient in nutrients. Mm. And that's what's marketed to us all the time. We're just bombarded with advertisements for it all the time. And Like when I bought my boys organic Annie's mac and cheese. <laughs> I thought I was doing such a good thing. In a box. <laughs> I know. Well, and look, I will say organic Annie's mac and cheese is going to be a better option than Kraft mac and cheese. So that's so funny. Hundred percent. My ten-year-old wants me to buy her a box of Kraft mac and cheese because she's had it somewhere, and I refuse. I was, why don't we just make it at home? Just make up some macaroni and melt some cheese on it. Like it's easier. It's cheaper. It tastes better. I think she wants the novelty of opening a box and it's like a toy. So that's what we're fighting against. I get it. I get it. And and it is, they have that foods when there are other places. Like Will went through a phase when he first started having like his own money and being able to drive and go to the store. He went through a phase of like ramen noodles. He had had ramen noodles at somebody's house and they're like waxy and full of weird chemicals. And I tried to buy him like some organic ramen. He was like, no, this is not the same. I'm like, you're right. It's definitely not the same, but they have to try it out, I guess, and just experience it and go be like, oh, maybe get it out of their system. Yeah. I remember doing that when I left home I, with the maternal reins had been loosened and I was had my own money. <laughs> <laughs> or like buying like instant mashed potatoes. Did you ever buy those? No, my grandmother used to make those actually. Yeah. But we... Well, that was quite a convenience. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So let's let's talk about sugar a little bit. You talk about how that you feel like you might be like addicted to it. Does it, do you have a hard time with like an off switch with sugar? Yeah, very much. So it does two things. One. It just makes me hungrier and hungrier. And I've heard an expression, you know, if I have a cookie, one is too many and a thousand is not enough. Like I'll just, Mm -hmm. once I have one, I just have to have 10. (laughs) So I'm I'm trying to, before I have that first one, just remember, like make that decision. Are you going to have 10 biscuits now or are you going to have no biscuits? Because that seems to be where I'm at. So in the moment of eating food like that, can certain foods are true not every sugary food certain foods are quite triggering and I just have can't stop myself but so also it's cookies makes, crunchy cookies I think, sweet I think there's thing. something about crunchy foods yeah 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 I seem to be okay with ice cream I can have a bowl of ice cream and then stop so that's interesting every I think everyone has their own things it's 100 percent true yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also if I've had a lot of sugar in a day I don't sleep well and then the next day fasting is so much harder like it's it's much more white knuckling than I would like it to be because I know if I've eaten well the day before, it's actually easy and I don't even think about food. So that's what I prefer. So it's just making that connection, that mental connection in the moment when the cookie is right in front of me. And I'm still, and probably for the rest of my life, like my brain is telling me, have the cookie, the cookie's so yummy, eat the cookie, you'll feel really good. And it's that instant gratification. So I'm just really trying to sort of work on, hang on, just wait, because remember, if you have the cookie, tomorrow it's going to be really hard to do your fast. So yeah, that's the sugar thing that I'm, I'm still, and I, as I said, I think I'll face that forever. I don't want to say abstinence because I don't know if that's realistic in life. We live in an obesogenic environment and there's always going to be birthday parties and people bringing cakes to work and the kids wanting a special treat. So 
what I love about fasting is you can literally eat anything and still maintain a healthy metabolic state within reason, but I just want it to be as easy as possible. And I want to feel like, as I said, this second year of fasting has been about the food and understanding nutrition. I want to make better choices as well as fasting because I think that'll just lead me to an even better place. So yeah, so I've been doing a lot of introspection about my relationship with sugar lately. Well, I think, you know, feeling good is the motivator, right? That's the powerful motivator. And for me, I mean, that's why I don't drink anymore. And it took me a long time. Podcast listeners have been listening for a while. I think I first started talking about that in 2019 or something. And how, huh, it was when I went through menopause. Huh, not sleeping as well. Huh. Mm. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I think it's what? What? You know, but loving the taste of it and feeling like abstinence forever would not be realistic. Yeah. But finally that switch got flipped and I'm like, oh, mm. it is realistic. I don't drink anymore. And I don't think I've had any alcohol this whole calendar year. Mm-hmm. That's not your struggle. I didn't make a conscious choice to stop, but every now and then I've had one offered to me and I've said, oh, actually, oh, no, I won't have yeah. one. You see, that's not your struggle. Your struggle is the cookie. Mm. My struggle has been glass of wine, margarita, yeah. right? And, yeah. and like, of course, I, I'll have more wine one day, of course. But finally, finally, so I'm, I'm saying this through the lens of maybe it's your cookies. Maybe one day you will say, this is really just not worth the way I feel after I have it. Yeah. There's no pressure. The one thing I learned from reading This Naked Mind, which is about alcohol, but you could totally apply the message of This Naked Mind to anything you're struggling with, anything, whether it's cookies or potato chips or or wine, and just think about you always get to decide. Mm. No guilt. Like mm. the times I decided to have wine and then I couldn't sleep and I'm like, well, I did that again. And eventually you, you feel like, huh, maybe I won't do that anymore. And another thing I've come to realize is there's no deadline. I used to think, okay, I want to get to this particular point by this particular date. And now I think that's crazy. I know I want to keep fasting forever. So there is no deadline. Well, just every day is a new fresh day. I'll reopen my window. We'll see what happens. And if I have a cookie, okay, great. I'll just start again tomorrow. So as much as I say abstain, I don't want to set rules for myself because life is going to happen I can't control many things. All I can do is try and be as present and conscious as I can remember to be <laughs> when I'm presented with those choices. And and we don't have to make the rules. We don't have to decide I'm never going to have X, Y, Z again. Just one day you might wake up and be shocked. Like one day I woke up and was an intermittent faster after starting and stopping all those times. And one day I woke up and yeah. didn't want to drink wine anymore. And it just, it happens when it's meant to, if it's meant to. There's some things I will never give up. Sugar is one of the things, I guess never say never, but I don't feel like I'll ever give up sugar. No. I don't. But it doesn't have that same pull on me. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever give it up, to be honest. Yep. Well, that's, <laughs> but that's fine. That is, it is fine. It's absolutely fine. I have zero emotions tied to what people should or shouldn't do. Yes, I think you should fast clean if you're fasting. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) And I think everybody should do that. Everybody should fast clean. And then you totally get to decide every day what you want to eat. And knowing that what you choose to eat will also decide how you feel. I did a lot of eating out that I don't feel great after eating out a lot in July, you know, so. And I think if if over time, the accumulation of day after day of, you know, just making a slightly better choice each day, that over time is going to build into a healthier metabolic profile rather than 
trying to race to, the, to some imaginary finishing point, which I'll never get to. So I guess that's been part of the meditative benefit of fasting is you really go deep on your introspection about what you're doing and why and and yeah, I love really that. Yeah. I, I think that's really true. It allows us to dig deep in ways we didn't even know we were going to. Mm. And we think about things we never knew we would think about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about your book, which I just loved, The Skinny Spell. You sent me a copy, right? Or did I buy it myself? I think you sent it to me. I did, yes. I thought you did. <laughs> I thought you did. And it is not cheap to send a book from Australia to the U.S., so thank you for sending it to me. I don't know if I ever thanked you. It was my thank you gift for this podcast, which was just a big part of my journey. (laughs) Well, I I love doing the podcast and people are like, will you ever stop? I'm like, not as long as people want to tell their story. As long as people are still listening, I'll keep doing it because it's it's such a joy to talk to people who have changed their life with fasting. Like I could literally talk to people like that all day. But Before we started recording, I asked if you'd written other books, and you said this was your first book, and that shocked me. As someone who's read my whole life, I've always loved to read fiction. Writing fiction is not easy. I'm a writer, but I can't write fiction. So how did you get started writing it? Well, I've wanted to write a book for a long time. I haven't really wanted to be a writer, though. It's To me, it's not a realistic profession, certainly not in Australia, I think. The average writer earns $5,000 a year. So. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty dire. But I do, I do love writing. I don't know if I, I love the idea of being published, but the process, the actual sitting down and writing a story is really fun. So I had this idea and I never really committed to trying it because I was so busy. But then the pandemic happened and suddenly there weren't kids' birthday parties to go to and there weren't shops to walk around and So I just had a bit more time after work and on the weekends and thought I might try that book idea I've had. And it was kind of inspired by a lifetime of frustration that I didn't look the way I wanted to look. And I used to, you know, I'm sure every larger person has imagined sometimes, what if I could just unzip this body and step out of it and be skinny just instantly? (laughs) So that was kind of the seed of the story. Yeah, so I just started scribbling some outlines of a plot and just kept plugging away at it for the next year or so. Well, I love it. And I actually thought of it when you were telling your story from before of how you white knuckled it through the 1,000 calories a day and going to the gym. I'm like, oh, that's the character in the skinny spell. Yeah, well, there was was certainly a drew from my own experience in writing it, (laughs) although it's completely fictitious and fantastical. It's such a good book. I would encourage everybody to read it if you like to read fiction. And spoiler alert, it's got intermittent fasting in it. It does. It does. And you know what? The first draft I wrote was before I discovered intermittent fasting and it had a slightly different ending. And it just didn't feel, I just felt like it, it wasn't working. There was something that didn't feel honest about it because the character kind of accepted the place she was in. And I kind of felt like it didn't feel authentic because if that was me, I wouldn't accept it. And then I found about found out about intermittent fasting. I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, maybe I can work this somehow into the story. I love the way you did it, though. It's such a good book. And I don't want to give away too much of the plot because I really do want people to read it because it's an enjoyable read. It's a quick read. It's an easy read, but it's worth reading. And I'm going to read it again. I love to go back to books and read them again. Do you read books over and over? I do, yes. I do too. And I'm going to read it again. But the character gets to see her life like an alternate life mm-hmm. and, and see what it's like and how hard it is. But then she realizes, oh, 
it doesn't have to be that hard. That's the part that I love so much is she's like, at one point, the turning point is it's either going to be really, really hard or I'm just going to have to face this body forever. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I guess, the way the original book was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be, there. it's one hard or the other. You either exactly. have to kill yourself to be skinny, 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 or accept that you won't be. But the beautiful part of the skinny spell is the alternate is intermittent fasting, where you mm-hmm. don't have to accept that it's hard. Mm-hmm. You don't have to accept it's that you're trapped way. in that body. It's the third way. Insulin. <laughs> Learn about yeah. insulin. <laughs> I love it so much. But yeah, everybody should read it. And it's, it's very motivational because we've all been that character who worked so hard. And she was not a nice person in that life. No, no. Put way too much focus on the price of being skinny uh, to the detriment of relationships and her own needs and happiness yeah which I think we can all relate to in the diet struggle the up and down the the on or off yeah yeah it's a universal story I think (laughs) well we know people who have done it we know people in our lives who have maintained a low weight by white knuckling it through life and never allowing themselves like they've had some level of discipline I didn't have because I just, I love to eat food. I don't want to be counting all the calories and counting all the macros and really doing all that stuff. That was too hard. I, I didn't want to live that way. So I chose be heavy mm-hmm. because I just could not maintain and keep that up. But thank goodness for fasting. Oh, thank goodness. I know. I'm so, I'm grateful every day. And I never want to count. I come across things online of, of people who fast, but they still like talk about calories and macros and stuff. I'm like, why? This is your ticket to freedom. You don't need any of that. Just try to learn to listen to your satiety signals and look at the clock. That's really all you need. That's it. The better food that I eat, the more satisfied I am. That's really. Yep. And treat it as an experiment and try to learn from your experiences and keep at it. Yeah. And experiment with the foods. Like you, you had an experiment with carnivore. Yep. And you could have loved it. That might have been like, oh my gosh, I feel so good. And that would have been yeah. interesting to discover. Interesting. <laughs> but that is not what happened. <laughs> well, I still have meals. I still sometimes have just meat-based meals, but I have a family and we want to eat together and they're not just going to eat a steak. <laughs> yeah. If I, ate a, if I ate just a steak by itself, it would sit in my stomach like a rock and I would not feel satisfied. Isn't that interesting? I think I like meat more than you, but I, as I said, you do. I you do, clearly, I do like my veggies. <laughs> yeah, I like a bit of variety. It's hard to ignore a lifetime of nutritional sort of learning about the benefits of fruit and veg and fiber and all that stuff. So beans and rice, like I could, if I had to like pick one thing to put on my plate every day, it would be some kind of a beans and rice, mm. like because that makes me feel so satisfied. Mm. And that's the thing. If you feel satisfied, you won't, you'll stop eating. That's the key. You're that's like, how you know. I'm done. So like no one should listen to what Jen is eating or what Sarah is eating or what the carnivore person on TikTok is eating mm-hmm. or the vegan, whatever. Mm-hmm. You will know when you feel satisfied from what you're eating that that is what your body likes. That's how you know. It is as simple and as complicated as that. Yep. And your mind keeps going back to it. So you think that's my food. Yep. Yeah, that's my food. That's my food. And you deserve to feel satisfied. If you're eating in a way that does not make you feel satisfied, it is not the right food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is why I don't buy those cheesy, crunchy things anymore, because I can eat a whole bag of them and not be satisfied. There's a time and a place, though. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to say I'll never eat them again. I had some this weekend. 
My brother came home from the store. I was at my dad's. He came home with organic Doritos. They don't taste as good now. When I occasionally, when I have that kind of stuff, I think, oh, have they changed the recipe? <laughs> well, we're tasting the artificial, but yeah. I will say, I'm not going to say I'll never again eat a Dorito. But those organic Doritos, I'm like, oh look, they're organic. <laughs> it's okay. I'll have some of those cheesy, crunchy things. So you know, again, I'm not good at deny. No. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So many times, Jin, I, I say to myself, delay, don't deny delayed and denied. <laughs> yeah, that's such, I think it's, I mean, it's a powerful mantra. I'm it the is. universe, God, whatever you, your spiritual beliefs gave it to me, that phrase. It just, it like came to me as, it's as genius. I love it. When I was trying to figure out, I remember when I was trying to figure out the title for it, I had Facebook groups at the time and I didn't know what I was, I was like, what should I call this book? And <laughs> it just happened. I used to hashtag in the Facebook group, delay, not deny. Mm-hmm. Delay, not deny. Delay, not deny. Like we're thinking. And then for some reason, it just all came together. Well, it's, yeah, it's a great gift it. to all of us. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm very grateful for the gift of that title, however <laughs> however it came to me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was divinely inspired instead of like my conscious mind <laughs> thinking of it. But <laughs> it, you can just tell yourself, delay, don't deny. That doesn't hashtag as well, though, because of apostrophes. <laughs> I'm I think we should be able to hashtag with punctuation. Absolutely. Anyway. I punctuate my text messages. I'm old school. Well, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything that you struggle with other than, I know we've talked about, about the what you're eating on occasion. Is there anything else that you struggle with? Well, as I've mentioned, I live with a family. I call myself a recovering perfectionist, a life of all or nothing if it's not perfect. Um, you know, just stuff it. I'll just go for broke the other direction. So trying to maintain my equilibrium in an environment that I can't control perfectly, which is life, really. <laughs> and that's being a mom also yeah. and a wife and yep. Yep. A, a human. Because my previous experience of weight loss, as I said, I lived alone and I was able to control my environment. I just didn't buy anything that I wasn't going to right. eat. But now I have, as I've got cookies in the cupboard, I've got chocolate bars occasionally. The kids like to eat takeout once a week. We have a pizza. I've started yeah. 
fasting pretty consistently on a pizza day. So yeah, so I occasionally get frustrated, like, oh, it'd be easier if it was just me. And then I'm like, but of course I don't want it to be just me because, you know, they are my life. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess the reality of always having to juggle, like have that mental kind of, I guess it's an added layer of emotional labor that I wouldn't have if, if I was an island, not a village, but I'm a village. So. I totally get it. And yeah. they bring so much joy to our lives, our families. Just wait till they get older though. How old are your kids now? 10 and 12. There was like a, a meme I saw the other day that was so funny. It's like, listen, parents, I'm going to tell you, it's hard for a while, but then it gets better and then it gets worse again <laughs> and then a little bit better and then worse again and then so much worse than you can even imagine. <laughs> And that's like, you know, I've been in that phase with the 23-year-old adults. Now they're making decisions. You're like, why? Anyway. I wouldn't change it. Wouldn't change it either. Best thing I've know. ever done. <laughs> it is. And and just be aware they're going to do some things and you're going to be like, what in the world? But that's where that recovering perfectionism has to even, you have to even let it go more because mm. you are not your children's choices that's as right. they get older. That's right. You're right. They're going to do things that you would not have had them do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just be aware it's not your fault. It is not your fault, whatever they do. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. <laughs> That's my parenting advice for everyone. You not know. your fault. <laughs> it is not your fault. You know, that you could be a terrible parent. I mean, someone could be a terrible parent, but if you have been a loving parent and then they do crazy things, that is not your fault. <laughs> they are their own people. They are people outside of you. Yes. Exactly. So so how do you how do you like to exercise now? I know you used to do an hour of cardio back in your diet diet days. What do you do to move your body now? Anything at all or just living life? Living life. I have two high energy dogs who I walk most days and we live in a fairly hilly area, so there's a few hill walks involved in that process. But I'm really keen to get into strength training. I've been very good at thinking about it. I haven't actually really started it yet, but that's sort of my next goal is to either join a gym or find an app that has some really simple weight-bearing exercises that I can start doing now because I'm conscious with aging, my natural muscle mass will deplete. So I want to try and protect that as much as I can. Yeah. Are you about to hit 40? Is that the milestone? Thank you, Jim. No, I'm turning 50. See, I couldn't believe it. I've been trying to figure it out all this time. I cannot believe you're about to turn 50. I would never have thought that in a million years. But you were talking about your early 30s and then having kids. And I'm like, well, there's no way she's about to turn 50. (laughs) Yeah, not very long now. Two more months to go. Awesome. Well, 50s are amazing. And see, you get to shock people with it. Well, today, only today, I was listening to episode five of your brand new podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. I love that podcast so much. And you were both talking about turning 50 and I was like, yeah, it's the universe saying it's going to be okay. It is. Sherry was having a hard time with it. Sherry was my co-host for Fast Feast Repeat, Intermittent Fasting for Life. A little plug for that there. I love Sherry, but she was here with me on her 50th birthday and she was like, I'm having a hard time with the five. And I'm like, don't. Don't have a hard time with it. You it's know. just such a weird thought because I feel like I'm still in my 20s, kind of. But Well, no, I get 50. it. 50. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember when my dad, I'm 54 now, but I remember when my dad was 55. I remember when he was 55 and I had I had a child, one on the way, and I am that age now. <laughs> I know. Better than the alternative, though. 
Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and what I love is here we are cruising into our 50s, and we know that we're going to age so much better than if we had not found intermittent fasting. Exactly, yeah. I want to be the 70-year-old. The people are like, you are 70? Yes. What? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. my goal. Yeah, that's probably the greater benefit of fasting than weight loss is just the, the overall health benefits just astound me. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That is very, very true. And you're right about, you know, working your muscles and using using your muscles because we know that fasting is protective of muscle mass, but if you don't use them as we age, you know, people do lose muscle mass just as a function of aging mm-hmm. in general if you're sedentary. Mm-hmm. So fasting isn't going to protect you from muscle loss if you're sedentary. Yes. You've got to also be intentional about about using your muscles. So that's the key, I think, to aging well is intermittent fasting with the clean fast and using your muscles. Absolutely. Intentionally. I think I've taught Chad into taking pickleball lessons with me. Oh, I've heard you talk about that. Before. When it gets a little cooler. I've, we've not done it. I'm still feeling myself out. I've not gotten out a group of friends that I've found. And one of them is doing pickleball lessons down in Litchfield. And so last night I actually said, hey, When it gets a little cooler, because he does not like to be out in the heat with the sun on him, whatever. (laughs) He just doesn't. I said, would you do some pickleball lessons? And he said, yeah. (laughs) So I was like, okay. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, Yeah, it really, really is. So tell me about some of your non-scale victories. Well, I made a list because I knew you were going to ask. Awesome. (laughs) So about 10 years ago, almost as soon as I turned 40, I started getting this horrific very, very debilitating vertigo, like dizziness. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, it was just shockingly bad. And I used to have episodes of it that would last for weeks at a time and I wouldn't be able to drive and I'd be vomiting and it was just completely horrible. And I had all kinds of tests and MRIs and neurologists and they couldn't find any cause for it at all. And I ended up with a, a physiotherapist who suggested it was due to a lack of core strength and the pressure of holding my head and shoulders was referring into my neck and then going into my head and causing the dizziness. And she said, either lose weight or just live with it. Well, that's no good. That makes me mad. (laughs) And I felt like, well, tell me how. Never actually told me how to lose weight, but that's fine. She was actually a lovely lady. And so I kind of just accepted it and went along and got a massage every six to eight weeks. And then I started fasting and realized, hang on, I haven't been dizzy for a while now. And honestly, I haven't for two years. It's just wow. been incredible. Just because I used to worry, how am I ever going to travel again? How am I? And I used to, it wasn't like I, it completely disabled me. I, it would come and go. So I'd have months at a time when I was absolutely fine, but then I'd be struck down randomly with an attack of dizziness. But they're all gone now. So, And I don't know if that's losing weight or if that's the fasting or maybe it's a combination. But Right. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. It's been huge. And anytime I think, oh, I just really want to not worry about what I eat and just eat all the things, I think, yeah, but then, you know, you're probably going to get dizzy. So it's good to remember that. Another big non-scale victory is asthma. I used to have quite chronic asthma and I'd be on all kinds of medications for that. I'm now off all my medications for that gone away. That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. I still like if I get a viral infection, you know, I I might go back on and prevent her. But so that's pretty much so I'm basically on no medication at all, which is incredible. I sleep better. I have more energy. I have better skin. I don't have, 
you know, those aches and pains that people complain about. I feel quite vital and sort of young and don't really crawl about feeling sore. And I have a more stable mood, just my sense of well-being and my mood is sort of generally more positive all the time, which is amazing. Yeah, I really feel like fasting changed my whole disposition. Yeah, yep. Not that I was grouchy before, but it just, I don't know, I like I'm much more positive. I guess when you're so upset about your weight and feeling bad in your body, it just carries over to colors your day. Yeah, and it was like a riddle that I couldn't solve. Like, why Why can I achieve so much in my life? And, you know, I'm a smart person, but I just I just can't fix this this one thing. What is it? And it was so frustrating. And so now I, I know, like, oh, I just had the wrong information and it's fine. You know what to do now. So that's just that's like, how a, I felt. It's like a mental weight off your shoulders. Well, I love that. So we are almost out of time. Oh, what would you so tell fast. someone? <laughs> I know. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, the key for me was understanding the science. I know everyone will have a different entryway in, but reading your book and the obesity code and watching all those videos and understanding that lowering your insulin is is key to releasing those fat stores for energy. Yep. Once I knew that, I was off, I was away. So for anyone starting out, just having that basic rudimentary understanding of the physiology I think is really important. But also recognize that you're playing a long game here and it's not going to be linear and there's going to be ups and downs and you're probably going to go on a mental journey that you're not expecting and you might feel at some points that it's not working or you're a failure or whatever. Just keep going. So my my main advice is don't quit. Just commit to the lifestyle, make it your identity. You fast. That's what you do. It's non-negotiable. No matter what day it is, you start with a clean fast and the results will happen. And don't compare yourself to others. Like you're on your own journey and what you get out of it might surprise you. Yeah. Well, I love that so much. So everybody right this minute, if you like fiction, even if you think you don't like fiction, if you haven't read fiction in a long time, I want you to go to Amazon and I want you to find The Skinny Spell by Sarah Wilbo. You're going to love it. I want you to read it. And we have got that third answer. Thank you so much, Jen. That's very kind of you. And I've really loved meeting you today. Well, thank you so much for coming. And now you need to go to bed. I do. It's midnight. midnight. You've got to work. See, you are on Friday now, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? Follow Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.